you never experience the refractory period. You're ready to go 24-7. You can have multiple non-ejaculatory orgasms over and over. And instead of feeling that flaccidity and that kind of fatigue at the end of sex, you feel charged up. You feel creative, supercharged, mm -hmm. orgasmic, and you want to connect with your partner. You have this energy to connect with them. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. All right, let's get this show on the road. Friends and family, listeners of That Sex Chick, I know that you are relatively used to convos between Jordan and I, where we saddle up to the mic and we share something that's going on in our personal lives, or we share a big thing that happened or an event that we went to or something we produced or something. Very rarely, actually, Jordan and I were just talking before we hit record on this, that we think it may be just one other time. Is that right? Yeah. When we had a conversation with Ian, one of the founders of Jaya or right, Miss Jaya and the Erotic yeah. Blueprint. And that was the only other time that it was you and I plus a guest. So over the course of two years, we haven't done this dynamic where it's you and I plus someone who is an expert of sorts in their particular subject matter or field. And before we hit record and got onto this recording, we were walking our dogs and I was telling you, I'm going to just talk to you since you're here. I was telling you like, ah, I'm going to have this podcast to do with a guy named Jonathan and his whole expertise and his body of work is about non-ejaculatory orgasms for men and male sexual energy in the microcosmic orbit and uh, retention. Yeah. And semen retention and Taoist principles. And I thought, you know what? I can have a great convo myself and you, Jonathan, who's also a part of this trio today. <laughs> I can yes, have a great, yes. yeah, I'm sure I can have a great convo and I can ask the questions, but I thought that it might be a more dynamic conversation if I'm asking questions about male sexuality, and I actually have my husband as a part of the conversation. So this could be terrible or it could be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like it or not, I'm crashing this party. And it feels like we're just doing a male, female, male experience here. Oh my MFM. God. Yes. <laughs> so, Jonathan, if you were not sure the humor that the humorous punch Jordan packs. It's right there. <laughs> joke about male, female, male, when we're doing a podcast, but let's get into the actual conversation of what it would take for me to have a male, female, male experience in real life. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm a hard no as it stands right now, but I've been a hard no to many things that I've opened up to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on to the show and rolling with the punches here because you thought you were just getting on with me. And then I was like, surprise. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Alexa and Jordan. It's great to meet you guys. And I think it'll be a, an interesting dynamic of the, I've never had this type of uh, format of conversation, the male, female, male dynamic. So it's going to be interesting. Great. <laughs> great. It's, it's just, a first time for all of us. Great. I'm just going to dom you both. <laughs> yes, please. Oh uh, yeah. Meaning I'll guide and I'll lead. But mm -hmm. so I just want to jump right on in and ask. So when I say things like men can have orgasms that are separate from ejaculation, it usually breaks their brains. So I would love if we can just jump right on in and feel free to weave your story into your telling of like what this is. And yeah, did I get it right? You got it right. Baby. I got it right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got it right. So what's yeah. going on here? So 
first of all, setting this up with the male non-ejaculatory orgasm, like you said, this is something that when men first hear this, they're like, what? First of all, I didn't think this was possible. And second of all, why would you want to have an orgasm without ejaculation? What's the benefit? So I'll kind of share my own story, my own journey with this to weave this in. When I was about what I think 22, 23 years old, I was experimenting with yoga, meditation, really diving deep into the spiritual path of kind of internal cultivation, the Eastern philosophies and kind of the mystical path. And because when I was 19 years old, I took some psilocybin mushrooms, had this like spiritual awakening experience that was incredibly life-changing for me. And I started practicing yoga and meditation because I tried to take drugs again to get back into that realm of experience, but it never really worked out or was sustainable. It was always this very up-down process. And so I had this feeling that the answers lied in some of these Eastern mystical traditions. And so diving into this practice of yoga and meditation, but I'd always heard about Tantra. I think it was one of those like teenage college humor movies, American Pie, where the guys, yes. uh, I don't know if you guys, you see that, but his, of it's, course. I forget the guy's name, but he's like chanting mantras and the guy's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm practicing Tantra. He's like, I heard if you do this, it makes sex like one long orgasm. So 13 <laughs> years old, this is like imprinted in my brain. So in my early twenties, I'm like, oh yeah, what's this Tantra thing? I started hearing about it again. And so I became very interested in it, but there wasn't a whole lot of information available at the time. This was what, like 10 years ago, maybe more. But what I did find was the work of a man named Montauk Chia, who teaches Taoist sexual practices. And I got his book called The Multi-Orgasmic Man. And it completely changed my life. Like he talks about, again, this concept of men being able to have non-ejaculatory orgasms. And also this concept of the semen for a man, the sperm being something very valuable, something that takes a lot of energy to produce. It's not something you should just waste every time you have sex or self-pleasure. So I started to practice some of these techniques and I had a little bit of results but I was like, I want to go all the way with this. And I found a man who here in the U.S. named Michael Wynn, who's one of Montauk Chia's early students. And he teaches Qigong, meditation, Taoist sexual cultivation practices. So I went and studied with him. You know, I've been studying in depth with him for several years. And I've studied with many other teachers as well. And so the process of training is basically learning to bring more awareness into the body. And the most important thing here, which may sound you know overly mystical for some people, is learning to circulate energy through the body, redirect the circulation of energy. Because for a man, what's happening is as we're becoming excited, we're on this buildup towards an orgasm, which is really buildup of tension in the genitals. And what happens is there's nowhere else in the body for this tension to go. So it triggers that spasming release of the prostate and all this energy is discharged as an ejaculation. But the practices of these Taoist practices, basically you're constantly redirecting that pressure internally. You're redirecting that arousal and that buildup. So you start to get into this full body state of orgasm. This may be like a bit much for some people. So just to really break it down, basically orgasm and ejaculation are two different processes. Orgasm begins and there's about one and a half seconds and then ejaculation begins as well. But you can learn to separate these things by various practices. <laughs> I love that. I'm still over here thinking about Stifler's mom and Finch. That's right. That's right. Stifler's mom. Yep. Most people, most men in our generation in particular, like when you said that, I was like, yes. That was the first <laughs> time I ever heard of Tantra. I think I was around a, a young teenager, similar age, and was like, holy shit. It seemed like it was not real. And then mm -hmm. as I got into this work in this field, I was like, oh, there's actually something to that. And as I've touched it and tasted it and experienced a bit of it myself, I'm like, holy shit, the parody of that, there's something real there to explore. <laughs> Why would someone want to do that? Because I think some guys might hear, okay, cool, you can separate these things. Why? What would be the point? Why wouldn't I want to 
ejaculate while orgasming. And then I want to weave into like, once you have the benefits and you talk about the why, I think of the times when I'm supporting Jordan, it's been a while, (laughs) you know, it's been a while, but the times that I'm supporting him and like encouraging him to do it and like, how can a partner participate in this too? So like just the general why. Okay. So yes, it is important to, and I forget this. I'm like, oh yeah, not every man is just like, oh yes, not ejaculatory orgasm. So the why, first of all, typically what do we think of as a man ejaculates? We kind of have the stereotype, like what happens after that? Usually we have the image of the man kind of rolling over, falling asleep, not wanting to have anything to do with his partner. The refractory Uh, period. The refractory period. Mm -hmm. So for a man, sex is over, arousal's over, orgasm's over after that ejaculatory orgasm. Even if he wants to continue, usually he can't. You know, when you're a teenager, maybe after a few minutes, you're able to go again. But as men get older and older, that refractory period can last for days, actually. The benefit being that you never experience the refractory period. You're ready to go 24-7. You can have multiple non-ejaculatory orgasms over and over. And instead of feeling that flaccidity and that kind of fatigue at the end of sex, you feel charged up. You feel creative, supercharged, Mm -hmm. orgasmic, and you want to connect with your partner. You have this energy to connect with them. And statistically, most men last about five minutes before ejaculating during sex. So for men, there's often this huge goal orientation just to go for this ejaculatory orgasm. That's something I really started to notice when I was learning these new tantric practices was that sex became less of this fleeting experience because the thing is we all love sex, but it's often this very short-lived kind of frantically rushed through experience. And so this allows men a way to draw it out to both men and women to experience much, much more pleasure. So women are more likely to reach orgasm in this period. So it kind of shortens the gap, the sexual gap that there often is between men and women. We have the stereotype of the man ejaculating quickly and the woman being extremely unsatisfied. And also getting into more of like, I consider there to be health benefits to this as well, because the Taoists believe, a lot of the Eastern traditions believe that the semen is the man's life force. So if he just ejaculates, if he just blows his load, just throws it all out there every single time he has sex, it may actually cause some depletion in the body and accelerate aging. And what a lot of men notice when they start to go certain periods of time without ejaculating, let's say you start going three to four days between ejaculations, but you still have as much sex as you want. Testosterone actually is often boosted. Your energy levels are improved. This is what I really noticed when I stopped ejaculating every day. It was like, wow, I have so much more energy. I feel this like masculine charge, this high testosterone levels. I just became very, very driven in my life. So to me, it really is about cultivating life force and also making sex a more sustained, more blissful experience overall. Mm, Yes, please. I loved, you feel like you haven't ejaculated in a few days, just based on your energy (laughs) as you're sharing. It's been a little more than a few days, I would say. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So she asked the why, and that was a great overview. How about some of the how? Like, how can someone practice that? What are some practical ways to do so? Because there's really a whole system of learning this, of practicing this, and that's what I teach. But from some very, very simple starting points, number one is breath. The one thing you can always connect with, because the ejaculation response for men really comes down to the nervous system being imbalanced. Like men who have premature ejaculation almost always have degrees of tension. Their nervous system's a bit rattled because we live in a stressful world. We're all very busy. We have a lot of things to do where our mind is all these different places. Ejaculation is the part of the function of the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response. So when you're already stressed out and on edge, as soon as you go to have sex, you're going to ejaculate quickly. I think that's why this is becoming so common worldwide. So how do you slow down? 
being multi-orgasmic is all about being in that parasympathetic, that calm nervous system, rest, cool, calm, grounded state. So the easiest way to do that is to breathe slowly and deeply, deep, slow belly breathing. You place your hands on your belly and just fill it up slow and a little moan on the exhale. Ah. So this is a, the first practice I give to men is learn to breathe deeply and fully and notice you start to notice different things that happen in your body. Like when you're climbing up towards that ejaculation, you start to tense up, you start to breathe shallow from in the chest. So you sink that breath low in the belly, make it full and deep. It becomes a container where you can hold so much more pleasure. You'll start to feel that pleasure spread through your whole body. It prevents you from ejaculating quickly as well. So I, th I think that's a good kind of tip to start with. So good. Yeah. That's definitely been my experience is exactly what you described. The breathing is such a big part of it. It can be so supportive and I can't help but keep coming back to the American pie image of Finch when he's watering a plant and he's doing like his tantra practice, his eyes are closed and he's like breathing really deeply and he's like moaning as well. So <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. So here's a fun question. What about blue balls? Good question. So understanding getting more into this energetics of it. And it's really a physiological thing as well. So blue balls happens when basically there's this buildup of energy and tension in the genitals. So the whole thing with sexual Kung Fu, which is the system I practice in, you know, it's the name of my social media handles as well. Sexual Kung Fu is about redirecting that arousal and that tension. Like I was talking about this, how we redirect it upwards in the body. There's a few factors to this, but yeah, number one is releasing that arousal and tension upwards in the body. And here's another question men often have is like, how do I feel satisfied at the end of sex? If I haven't ejaculated because it's pressure, it's tension. So this is kind of these yogic techniques where you breathe and you use the mind to guide that nervous system, electricity, that buildup through this pathway known as the microcosmic orbits. It's the two main energy channels in acupuncture. The Ren Mai and Du Mai travels up the spine, up the back of the body, down the front of the body. So this is one of the main things we work with is we open this up and you practice moving the mind through it, which starts to move the energy through it. So you guide the sexual energy through it throughout the period of having sex or self-pleasuring, and it prevents too much of this buildup in the genitals, basically preventing blue balls. The other factor to this is having a lot of tension in the pelvic floor. And I think this is a good, an important thing to touch on because a lot of teachers recommend men doing Kegel exercises. But what I found in my practice is that a lot of men tend to overdo these and actually build this extreme hypertension in the pelvic floor, which actually contributes to premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. So learning to keep your pelvic floor relaxed during sex will also prevent that blue balls from happening. Love it. And for anybody that doesn't know what blue balls is, I think most men have experienced it, but maybe women have heard of it, but they can't really relate to it. It is literal pain in your balls. They call it blue balls that typically comes as a result of being sexually stimulated, but not ejaculating. And so that can be literally having sex. It can be even just feeling stimulated sexually by something external and not even touching the genitalia. And it can be really painful. So there's the context there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think back, so we're in the kind of relationship that we are in now, Jordan, but I lived through my twenties. You did? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> and I did not date guys like you. 
in my 20s. Well, let's get into it. Well, I just think of the common things that young women and just women in general wind up hearing is like the phrase, don't be a cock tease and you're going to make my balls blue and blah, 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 blah. Like it's this whole, it is, it is. It's a little bit (laughs) fucked up. And if you were to say that to me now in a certain kind of context, it could be kind of hot. But I think back (laughs) in times where it's almost like, imagine if someone were to take full responsibility. That's just hard whenever I think like youth and they're growing up and they're figuring out their sexual energy and they don't really know what to do with it. And they don't know how to channel it. And like even just saying channel or move it through their body, like it's so localized. It's so maybe friction based and intense. And it's that contraction and that bearing down and the want and the need. And I have to. And it's like there's so much just like focus down there. And uh, yeah, I imagine some people listening to this and hearing a lot of what y'all are describing and sharing and going, I still don't get it. You know, to a degree where it's like, still, why would I want to practice semen retention and not ejaculate? Because I think there's different degrees and different levels. So like you can separate the ejaculation from the orgasm and intentionally go into sex to have a pleasurable experience, to deliver a pleasurable experience to your female partner in this kind of dynamic that we're discussing. And you could want to have sexual pleasure and also want to practice semen retention to go and funnel that and fuel that back into your everyday life, right? So like your purpose and your creativity and physical fitness and how you move about the world. I get some of these reasons that someone would want to do that, but I don't know how do we make a strong enough case that the regular everyday average person would be like, I think I might be interested in learning that because I think right now the subject and the topic can feel so abstract and far away from the everyday person. They're like, I just want to have sex and come. Like, I just want to be, I want this to be easy. I want to just do the thing. Or some people might be like, Well, that's cool for you if you're having sex multiple times a week, but I think the average person in a relationship is typically having sex maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. And so it's kind of like, well, if I'm going to get it in, I'm going to get my nut, you know, like there's just, can you tell I'm like trying to channel my like inner bro, (laughs) like my inner dude, (laughs) I'm trying, but am I hit, am I getting it? Yeah. And actually I'll add a little piece of texture and then I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. I have friends, men I work with, that there's a similar theme where like you haven't ejaculated in several days or a week plus. And then the step further, oh, but you've engaged in sexual activity and held it. I couldn't do that. I get so anxious. I need to ejaculate almost every day. And some people I know it's like several times a day. Otherwise I'm on edge. I would be curious, like weaving in what she said and that concept that I hear and is quite common. Like, how does that factor into this whole mix? These are some great points you guys are bringing up. I love where this conversation is going. It reminds me of, because sometimes I live in my own world with this and I forget like what it was like to be in that kind of, you know, we could say kind of the mainstream. It really is kind of this big mentality people have around sex. Because again, I think this kind of comes back to what I was saying about for most people, sex is such a fleeting experience, but it's this like base level animalistic. I just need to scratch an itch approach to sex, Mm. which is fine. If that's your experience of it, that's fine. And I think a lot of this is like, this degree of like suppression we have around our sexuality, like shame and guilt, and also only seeing sex through the lens of pornography, which most, you know, pretty much all of us did. So it creates this split in our psyche to where sex becomes this like secretive kind of perverted thing. We have to like sneak in there only at like very, very certain times. And so this is really about, for me, it's a lifestyle. It's beyond just like having better orgasms, having better sex. That's a huge part of it, but it's about connecting deeper to yourself. And this kind of, I think comes back to this, 
you're talking about a lot of couples only having sex once a week on average. And this becomes a way as well as first of all, developing a deeper relationship to yourself, your own sexuality, because for a lot of people, it's coming back to this, like scratching an itch. It's like relationships become about, well, I need to like take this thing from you. I need you to fulfill this desire that I have, Mm. but it's like, what if you can give that to yourself? 24 seven, whatever you want. And that's the first thing I teach in my system is self-cultivation, how to first of all, connect with your own body, love yourself, open your own heart and kind of work with all this trauma and this self-judgment, the shame we have about our bodies, our sexuality, like it's, this is a deep, deep thing, but then learn to reconnect with this energy as not just a creative life force of driving you and a potential source of healing, but just experience deeper levels of pleasure. Because when you learn to like spend this time connecting with your body, breathing into it, cultivating this deeper layer of orgasm, it no longer becomes about, okay, I have this itch. I need to scratch. Okay. That's over with. Thank God. It becomes more about experiencing a deeper level of orgasm, a deeper level of connection first with yourself, opening your heart. And it's like, it's such a blissful healing thing. Then you're going into a partner sharing that. So sex no longer becomes like, okay, let's just thrust away really quickly and get off. It becomes about intertwining your energy. I believe the sex is meant to be this internal technology that generates this creative life force that heals us, that allows us to expand ourselves and connect deeply with our loved ones, connect deeply with ourselves. But I think there's been a lot of distortion in this for various reasons, political, social, religious suppression. So I know I'm kind of going off on a certain tangent with this, but that, we, that kind of follow. relates to what you're talking about. <laughs> Dude, that was beautiful. Yeah, we I love that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Transcending the pump and dump is what I heard you oh say. My goodness. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. <laughs> and also like, there's a lot of people in the world and a variety of topics and categories that benefit on our sexual repression and our lack of expression. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, and especially expression in general and especially sexually. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much potency and there's so much power and it's like, Uh, imagine if we celebrated that, how individuated we would be from the systems and the powers that be. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you, what I heard you say, part of it is this being a way of living and a lifestyle of sorts and it being inexplicably intertwined into who you are and how you show up in the world, just omnipresent. And there's kind of an irony at play here where my experience of intentional sexuality, if you will, is that it's godly. It's spiritual, it's otherworldly, it's supernatural, it's extraordinary. Am I too close to the microphone? I can hear your (laughs) pulse. And oftentimes, like you referenced in society and just the powers that be, if you will, it's more of a hide it, repress it. It's a small part of you and it's kind of maybe even an evil part of you. I mean, I grew up with Christian influences. So there's like, yeah, the satanical demonic side of it. And it's like, actually, it is the opposite at the highest level if you allow it to be. And if you approach it from that space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep looping it back around because I have this mission that as we have people listen to the show, it's the thing that Jordan says a lot is we want to take the esoteric or like find the balance between esoteric and generic. So this for some people might be like, well, okay, I don't know. I still don't know. Okay, cool. It's cool in theory. I want to keep going back to like the how and the why, the how and the why in various kind of angles and just underscore here, you know, that as I'm asking some of these questions, you're and you're giving the answers so beautifully. I really want to encourage people to continue developing their levels of curiosity. And so if we have about 78 
technically percent female audience here, then the question can become, how can you be curious and bring this possibly to your partner? And I was sharing this with you at the beginning, Jonathan, that I feel like with my 80, basically 80, 20, 80% women listening to the show. And then 20% are the men that the women make the men in their lives listen to the show. It's how can we encourage it? And then what does a woman stand to benefit? And you did say the shortening of the orgasm gap, so to speak, so that there's more time during a sexual experience. There's an interweaving. I hear a lot of couples saying that they're lacking depth in their sex and they just want to feel connected again. Y'all, this is how you do it. This is it. So I want to have more connection. I want to have more depth. I want to really be able to feel my partner. I want to be able to have greater, bigger, longer orgasms. So I'm talking about from a woman's perspective here. So I would love to get your thoughts and feels on how a woman might be able to bring, because we hear a lot from our mentor, Annie Lala, that women are the leaders in love. And so if you think, let's just group sex and intimacy and sexual energy. So let's just say you might be the leader in new ideas being brought to the table and to partnership. So how can a woman approach her male partner and say, I want to explore some of these things? Yes, that's a great, great question. And women often ask me this as well when I'm doing lives and things like this. And I've actually had many men who come into my programs who say that their partner, their girlfriend, their wife brought them into this work. And I think that sometimes men feel a bit threatened in some way, or they feel like shameful of like, oh, because I can see me myself being like 20 years old. And like my girlfriend telling me, oh, I want you to check out this, how to be a better lover, me just feeling a bit hurt. So it definitely yeah. takes some humility for a man to be able to open up this as well. So I think just presenting it as graceful as possible. Maybe it's like, there's a book, I think like a book, like multi-orgasmic man, like I read, I think any man's going to be intrigued by that. Yeah. And the thing is you definitely can't like force be like, I need you to do this because the men tend to like, if they feel like they're being told what to do, they feel resistant to it. Right. But just having the conversation, like, Hey, I've heard about this practice, or maybe I'm doing this practice. Right. And I feel like if you did it, it would enrich our sex lives. We'd be able to have more sex. We'd be able to have better orgasms. There'd be this deeper connection, this intimacy, like remember what our relationship was like five years ago. What I think this could help us bring that back into our lives. Imagine if the man's experiencing premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, these practices will greatly help with that as well. So just seeing how it benefits the relationship in general, again, having the carrot at the end of the stick or having the carrot for the man to follow better <laughs> orgasms, more energy levels, all these things, I think. You're speaking my language on behalf of men. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I've underscored that enough now. And now I have a couple of other questions that are similar in the subject, but maybe a little bit different. Do you have children? I do not have children. Okay. We do not either. I'm curious, people who have come to you that, well, first question, when they are trying to conceive. So there's a six-day window, without going like too far into this, there's a six-day window in a woman's cycle that are peak, that are high fertility days. And then within there, there are two days that are peak fertility. So when you're trying to make a human in our journey, this wound up being way more complicated than we, I don't even know if it's complicated. I just don't understand how anyone accidentally gets pregnant. Like now I just don't. And so this is definitely like a personal kind of question here. Like Jordan and I are on our pregnancy journey and six days of sex is a lot. And we're figuring Your boy's out, exhausted, man. And he's exhausted because it's <laughs> six days in a row of ejaculation. And so I'm curious if anyone's come to you and they are either parents or they're trying to conceive or something like that. And there's some techniques, there's some ways to be able to build the energy because I'm also, you know, I think 
having an orgasm, well, not just having an orgasm, but ejaculating that many days in a row, I'm imagining even the quality of the semen and the quality of the sperm is going down because it's coming out so frequently. So like, are there any techniques or tools or things that maybe you've heard of that could support this process and like vitality and strength, knowing that like six days of coming is really intense, <laughs> especially after a couple months of it. It's like after the six day window is done, we're like, fuck, okay, we get a break, you know? Well, Jordan, you're going to need some goji berries. Eat those things every day, man. <laughs> Replenish that semen. But that's an interesting question. And I will say that like fertility and conception isn't a specialty of mine, but I definitely right. have some things I understand that will boost fertility. One thing that's huge for men, just for a general improving sperm production and testosterone levels is icing your balls. I do this three times a day. I keep this ice pack in my freezer, take that boy out, stick it in your pants for three minutes every single day. It makes a huge difference actually. So icy ah, balls okay. um, and try to go at least a few days without ejaculating. Two weeks is best, but I know that may be like crazy for some guys because there is kind of this cycle of maturity that sperm reach. So if too much ejaculation, the sperm don't reach proper maturity. Won't be a strong swimmers, I guess. Right. I was under the impression that it was five days. Well, so I've heard this, I believe it's a Taoist equation. I'm curious if you're familiar with it. I believe it's you take your age, subtract seven and divide by four. And that's the amount of days as like a rule of thumb that you would ideally go between ejaculating. Is that something that you champion or familiar with on board with? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard a couple different ones. I haven't heard that one specifically, but the one I'm familiar with is you take your age times 0.2. And then that's how many minimum days you should get. Okay. It may be the exact same thing. I, I'd yeah. have to do the math there, but, <laughs> and then the other one is just various guidelines, like men in their twenties should go at least four days in their thirties, at least eight days, you know, forties, 14 days and so on. So yeah. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that high quality sperm. Yeah, you are. Great motility, great DNA, great, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know, you're not a fertility specialist or anything, but this was more of the conversation of like, how can I support him in knowing, you know, like this general topic of semen retention or non-ejaculatory orgasms or waiting and having some space and channeling the energy in different ways and all that. It's like, how do I, it's like, is there anything else we can do knowing that he's going to be ejaculating every day for six days straight? So well, I mean, sounds my, like there's not. <laughs> I have a little a couple takeaways that are great. The icing your balls. I've heard that, but not often. And it was like, oh, that's very relevant to us now. And I do ice baths fairly frequently. So it's a version of that, but it's a lot more accessible. Just grab a pack, stick it on the ball sack. And then I'm gonna look this up after. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, I like that. There, I there's, know some how other, long. there's some other practices as well, like kind of Taoist practices for building sexual energy, like just breathing into the testicles every day. There's some ex extreme ones the Shaolin guys do where you hang weights from your genitals, basically. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the balls iron, don't iron need crotch. to get any hanging. <laughs> they already hang kind of low. <laughs> and just massaging them is great too. Just you know, stick them between your hands and just massage them every day. That's great as well. All right. Okay. Nice. Taking notes. All right, great. And Makarut. We, I remember my partner and I were, I can't remember who we were talking to, but she said her daughter was trying to get pregnant for months and months. She started taking Makarut. That did it. Ah. There you go. Okay, great. So taking those notes, some of those things I did, I, they were on my radar and now I'll just double click on them, do a little bit more research and then I'll give that over to you. Okay. So the next question is for people who come to you, men that come to you and they are parents, they might not have time 
What do you say for people? Because it sounds like a lot of these practices take time. If we're slowing down, then a quickie in the closet when the kids are taking a nap sounds like we might not be able to microcosmic orbit. Like we just got to like get through the thing. And there already is that element of anxiety because we need to beat the buzzer. Like the sound machine is on and everything's in place and the kids asleep and like, like okay, we got to go do it. And that can be kind of exciting at times. And then other times it might be like a lot of pressure. And so what would you say for really busy parents or parents that have young people and they still want to connect and he wants to, maybe he's familiar with some of these things, but has gotten kind of far away from it because circumstances of life are heavy or are pressure filled. And so it's a little bit more challenging to do some of these practices. That's a great question. And I think a few things I would say here, number one, just being, you know, it is what it is in that situation, just enjoy it when you can have it, I guess. Right. But I think this also comes down to, I was talking about this being a lifestyle. Like if anyone can cut out five minutes of their day to do like some meditation, some breathing exercises, that's going to tremendously help your nervous system, your overall state of balance. And then when you go to have sex, you're in more of a centered kind of open state, right? So this kind of comes down to like these foundational things you can do. This isn't about sexual Kung Fu isn't about just like, what are you doing during sex? It's what are you doing every single day? What kind of habits are you building? How are you managing your mind? Learning to kind of be more conscious with yourself and kind of manage yourself so that when you are in the boxing match, we could say you're well-prepared, right? And I think also something else is like, I think it's one of the most valuable things that couples can do. If you're too busy to have time, that means you need it the most is to like, okay, one day out of the week, get a babysitter, set some time together where you're going to like light some incense, play some sexy seventies music and like breathe to set <laughs> at least one hour where you're just going to hold hands, look into each other's eyes, breathe together, have some nice slow time to just get it on baby. Come on. Yeah. That's I just great. imagined John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever <laughs> when you said play some seventies music, but that's so sweet to even say that, like get the babysitter. And yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Like we are not parents yet. And I'm already figuring these things out. And some of the women and the clients that we've worked with too, it's like, put that time aside, whatever it takes to, like you're saying through this, slow down, hold hands, look into each other's eyes. It's one of those things that it's simple or easier said than done. Mm -hmm. It's like a simple thing. Like the answer to these seemingly complicated problems and the shit that keeps coming up for people a lot of times in their relationships is really, the solution is really simple, but it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it's easy to do. It's like taking the time, choosing yourself, choosing your partner, slowing down, slowing down a little bit more mm -hmm. and prioritizing yeah. your pleasure, prioritizing your well-being, balance, it makes me think of this idea of if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, take 30 minutes to meditate. It's that exactly. kind of concept. You know, exactly. if this is important, which I think it is for, if you're listening to this, I imagine it's important to you. It's as simple as, so to speak, prioritizing it. Cool. So I have a fun question. What is the one thing, if you just had to choose one, that you want <laughs> all men to understand about their sexual energy? That it is their creative energy. It's the energy that they can use for more creativity, for more success, whatever it is. Everything that a man wants, he can use his sexual energy to bring into his life. So stop wasting it and start directing it in a conscious way, I would say. It's great. I love that. <laughs> Spot on. Well said, bro. I love that. So I feel like I've got some notes mm -hmm. and I'm going to take from this conversation. I'm going to go into the Google machine or the DuckDuckGo machine <laughs> and ask some questions and put together some plans of action for some of our getting busy time in the future. And I think it would also be really awesome if the sex that we are having in between our fertile window, mm -hmm. it would probably support 
you and I, especially your well-being, knowing that like sex fest, one of our friends affectionately calls the fertile window, window, the ovulation window, <laughs> sex fest, where it's like sex, 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 sex. So, you know, some of these practices reminding and bringing them back in yeah. to our experience where it's like, if you know that this window is going to happen and we are going to connect sexually outside of that window because it's in flow, which mm. always feels really good. You know, it always, to us, or to me anyway, like it really feels good when I don't have the pressure of have to have sex. Mm. That's just like a whole mind fuck that we're getting to navigate now. But anyway, encouraging you to hold and to mm. practice semen retention, to move slower. And in those moments where you said, okay, I'm going to hold it, I'm going to save it. And then you get to like the two minutes before coming <laughs> and you go, fuck it, I'm just going to go. <laughs> I just push you up a little bit. And I say, breathe, <laughs> breathe. So I'm reminded and inspired to bring that even back into our relationship. Agreed. Cause I think it's going to support whenever sex fest happens. Yeah. I think we have unique circumstances at play that make it even more relevant and exciting for me. Yeah, totally. So to round our convo out, Jonathan, is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on in our dynamic kind of all over the place conversation that you really want to leave our listeners with? Again, this thing of sex and sexual pleasure, we often think that it's like, it's because of someone else. Like we allow that some person like, oh, they're not turned on today. They're not whatever. Like, oh, it's, it's their fault. But it's like, it just, just this theme of like connecting to your own sexual, you know, connecting to your own body, learning to love yourself, learning to fulfill your own needs so that you come into a relationship out of overflowing in abundance instead of like, I need something from you. I think this is the dynamic that kills a lot of relationships. So whatever it is you need to do to fulfill yourself, first of all, find the things that you love to do, fulfill you, do your practice, whatever. And then you come into that relationship overflowing. When two people are doing that, it's incredibly powerful. Mm, yeah. Internal versus external. I love exactly. that. So good. And if people want to check out sexual Kung Fu, where can find, they find it? Find me on Instagram, YouTube everywhere. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Okay. And it is sexual Kung Fu. Sexual that right? Kung Fu. That's it. Okay. That's a fucking brilliant. It's name. awesome. I love it. It's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the show, sharing your knowledge and your passion. I hope that all of my roundabout questioning that was basically the asking the same question 12 different ways. My <laughs> hope is that it's inspired. It kind of cleared some of the fog that might be present for some of our listeners made this subject a little bit more tangible and a little bit more real. And my hope is that it's inspiring curiosity in folks that way. Yeah, they're willing to give it a try, willing to lean in a little bit more and expand on what's possible in their lives and their pleasure and certainly in their partnership. And I'll just plant one quick seed as we part ways. We didn't talk about porn at all, and I think it's a really relevant conversation. So I imagine you talk about that in your courses and on your social media platforms. So if you're interested in that, you're a woman listening or a man listening, I know it's had such a big impact on my life, understanding, dissecting, healing, reclaiming my relationship to porn is so huge. So I just wanted to touch on that. When you touch on that, you mean delving into these practices has helped you tremendously with your relationship to those things. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So again, want to hear more about that, then you can follow sexual Kung Fu and dig a little deeper, go a little further down the rabbit hole. Come on now. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking your time, spending it with us. Thanks for having me. Alexa, Jordan, it's been great talking with you guys. Really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.